0: Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join wait, us. Wait,
1: that's, that's a union, <laughs> union job, bro. Hold on, give me a
0: second. I just said, "Join us as we rocket through the speed of sound," and that's why yeah, you did Yeah, the So intro you want to just leave me. it to the fucking
1: professional? <laughs> Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. Welcome back. For what the fuck was that? What the fuck was what? <laughs> it was like a Andrew. What? No, you're no? not speaking in slow motion now, brother.
0: No, I think the phone just lagged. I said it normally.
1: Oh no, the phone. The phone definitely lagged. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like a Andrew, like he was some kind of rapper.
0: Nope. Uh... Yep.
1: Welcome to our movie podcast, where every week we uh, catch up on news and current events and faff around for a bit. We (laughs) discuss a movie of the week, which is a new release, or an old classic, or some old ball thing in between. This week we are doing a
0: oh my god,
1: a twenty-something-something movie,
0: twenty seventeen, I believe, twenty fourteen, directed by a man, Alex Garland.
1: uh, Alex Garland, a twenty fourteen Alex Garland film.
0: Don't say the title. Let him (laughs) let let them fight. (laughs)
1: <laughs> called Ex Machina, uh, starring Oscar Isaac and Domino Gleason.
0: Yep, and, and it's Alicia an Vikander. Sort of,
1: if, I don't know whether and Alicia Vikander, of course. And it's an interesting like. I don't know whether it is a low-budget kind of film, but it feels like one of those very small-scale sci-fi films.
0: Right, so it was published through A24, and I feel like that kind of like gives it a little... Or maybe it wasn't. Actually, I don't think it was. But it um, it feels like an A24 film, one of those like smaller, <laughs> significant, but independent films. You're right.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about it later in the episode. Budget, I of, uh, budget of 15 mil. Yeah, right. I had seen it before. And I, th- I think most of that went into renting the hotel they filmed in and their special effects.
0: I think special <laughs> effects was what I reckon yeah. it went
1: into. <laughs> yeah. I'll call it 60 40. Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah, it, it does
0: seem like that Airbnb would have been about two and a half million a night. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is a hotel. It was yeah. filmed in like some fancy ass hotel in Norway. Jesus. It's like. Where they're, they're like, they're like treehouse looking things in the. Yeah.
0: Right, right, right. We'll, t-
1: we'll talk about it later. In any case, that's the movie we're gonna talk about later in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure we can sneak in a bit of beefness or pleasure and a bit of uh, bit of news and things in the meantime. Sure. Should we kick in with the news first then, boy? Let's do it. All right.
0: <coughs>
1: Beef Bullet. All right, my my news command station is on a ten percent battery, so let me just.
0: Oh Christ!
1: <laughs> get a little, get a little cable first. Um, all right, so of course, during uh, this coronavirus epidemic that the whole world is still going through, the most important uh, bit, a bit, a bit of news, movie, TV, pop culture that everyone's hanging out for. Is James, Cameron, James Cameron's Avatar series that I'm, I'm sure
0: you forgot was still happening? I uh, know I saw them. I saw the, the official Twitter account for Avatar post some shit the other day that was like about that big pink tree that's in the movies, and they were like, <laughs> "Oh, it looks really beautiful," and I was like, "Fuck those movies! That 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 single movie." Could just leave the cultural zeitgeist and would have and no, no would, yeah. negative impact. Like It could be like, um, what's I'm the Baron Sandler's so That there's another <laughs> six of those fucking things in the pipeline. Uh, I reckon
1: he's going to fucking die before this. That, 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 that one came out in like 2010 or 2011 or
0: something.
1: Uh, yeah. Or oh, maybe tw- No, I think it was. Twi- it I might even it have like been 2009. That, man. I yeah. reckon the first Avatar came out in
0: 2009. 2009. Yeah, t- spot on. Fuck yeah. Spot eleven
1: on. years ago, and he's yep. like Avatar Two, baby, and eleven years later, he's still <laughs> like, 2, people baby. are still kicking and out for Avatar 2. Five
0: more after that.
1: <laughs> like, Dude's gonna fucking die. Before how about he you gets fucking to finish your 7?
0: finish your main before you get onto your desserts of six more films? Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so, so this news is that the movie that everyone forgot is still happening um, is also being delayed by the coronavirus. So really, it's not news other than the fact that the Avatar Two movie is apparently still happening.
0: Okay. Right. Well. Sorry to hear that.
1: Apparently, they were just about to shoot in New Zealand and a couple shots have come out with them like starting to do like underwater type shots or some shit. I don't know. They've just started it doing the bullshit they have to do with where workshop and uh, I, I don't know. Apparently, they just started, started getting set up when they got held back by corona. Right. For anyone that cares. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd never seen the Hamilton movie, the Hamilton musical Neither have I, and I know a lot of people that like musicals are obsessed with the soundtrack, and I feel like I don't like musicals enough that I would want to listen to the soundtrack without having seen the show or the movie or whatever first.
0: Right? Because um, you're not a which is a long, hu- huge well, fucking I loser.
1: <laughs> no, I, I like musicals as much as the next guy. No, I, I guess like I, musicals I was probably wrong. I like musicals probably more than the next average guy, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> That's I'm a long-winded ab- way I'm, of saying... I'm an
0: above-average musical liker, okay? <laughs> um, it's a, an
1: above-average way of saying... Oh, God. <laughs> it's a long-winded way of saying... That the Hamlet... Sh- short format... <laughs> short format... Of, it's, it's,
0: I'm going to start... Saying. I'm going to start <laughs> referring to my own takes as above-average. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my above-average take uh, on that. Fuck That's it. good.
1: Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us... <laughs> 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 the, Hamilton, yeah. the Hamilton musical has been filmed and is coming to Disney Plus uh, in July. Okay. Or June or something. June or July. It says this time, but it's a U- US article. You do the math. Um, they filmed the original Broadway production of it. It's coming out on July 3rd, uh, being fast-tracked to Disney Plus. It's apparently the original 2016 cast, including Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. In the uh, in the titular role,
0: Can you say that five titular role. <laughs> mm. Maybe I should get into music. Ah, that's where she. Uh, that's where she gets her titulars out.
1: <laughs> Don't mind if I do.
0: That's where t- getting your titulars out is where you get your boobs out, but they're tarantulas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gonna have to start getting into some more musicals. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. yeah. Yeah, ap- apparently this is a change because it was initially going to be coming out later in the year. And so they pushed the release date up. It's exciting. I might, there's enough stuff on Disney Plus soon that I reckon I might go in on a month or two. Because I still want to see The Mandalorian. I've heard that's great. Um, I've heard some people say it's like a low, it's like one of those slow Western kind of things. Um, I'd, I'd be keen to see uh, Hamilton, honestly. And there's so much old Simpsons that I've never seen that I'd be keen to see that as well. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no,
0: just think about Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, brother. Just think about Disney. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be our first t-shirt. Yeah. Um, um, uh,
1: so Netflix, uh, you know Netflix. Go- going in
0: an old Simpsons what? does sound cool, by the way.
1: It does, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I'm, but I'm can... not, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Well, I gotta cancel my Amazon Prime subscription. I'm not really using it. Yeah. I'm not watching House anymore, anyway. <laughs> um, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Here we go. Is this dude? <laughs> you heard of this guy? Yeah. I've heard a crazy. Let's go, story. baby. Now we're now it's
0: a news segment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Netflix has dropped a trailer for a docu series all about Jeffrey Epstein.
0: Oh fuck! Uh, uh,
1: the executives the new, the new docuseries- of Netflix
0: will be friends with the people that fucking did it. What's the point? It's uh, going to be independently made. It can't be a Netflix produced series. It's going <laughs> to be a Netflix. Here's he my conspiracy theory. This Whatever the fuck you're about to say, it's, <laughs> it's produced by the people that did it as a way to throw people off the actual scent. And it's going to highlight facts <laughs> yeah. and omit other facts and it's going to be total bullshit.
1: It says here the title of the story is Jeffrey Epstein, The Story of an Innocent Man. Yeah, is that
0: uh, Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> Colin. I didn't even know Bill Clinton. <laughs> That's no, going to be called, the title.
1: <laughs> this this series is called Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich, and it's going to be exposed, uh, really straight from Variety here, it's going to be exposing the money, power, and secrets behind the international sex trafficking ring that led to Epstein's 2019 arrest and eventual death in prison. Right. It's coming out May 27th on Netflix, which is just like two weeks away. Uh, it's a four-part documentary series Featuring interviews with Epstein's victims Detailing their experiences on his private island uh, And at his Palm Beach residence uh, The trailer alone shows they've got interviews With like nine different women And it apparently also follow uh, promises an in-depth look At the 2008 case in which Epstein avoided a life sentence By procuring a secret plea deal with the government So... I don't know. As someone who doesn't really know much about this dude, mm. sounds like a nice guy. But <laughs> well,
0: it sounds like um, it's going to focus. It on interesting. A lot of the stuff like before his uh, conviction and, and uh, alleged suicide. So yeah, yeah. I guess uh, y- you're right. That will be interesting. And I suppose if you <clears throat> if you recontextualize the scope of it, like that's when he did a lot of the damage in that yeah. he did in his life, right? So that is kind of the important bit to focus on, rather than. Yeah. the obvious fact that he was murdered, but yeah. And Netflix
1: has been killing it with a lot of these documentary series recently. That Michael Jordan one is apparently fucking brilliant.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even yeah. if you
1: don't care about sport, I've heard it's great. Um, the Tiger King, obviously. There's a whole bunch of... I think... There's a whole bunch uh, of shit coming out recently.
0: It's interesting, too, because I don't feel like they really made a big marketing push for, like, look at this series of docu-series that we're bringing out. Like, it just feels like they've sort of... They quietly pushed out Tiger King or at least like ostensibly quietly pushed it out and it got massively famous and <laughs> immediately after that they had this Michael Jackson thing in the win- uh, Michael Jordan thing in the wings ready to go yeah. and then I heard that yeah they've got yeah. this Epstein shit
1: I heard people talking about how they reckon that the the uh, the Tiger King thing had a huge moment they reckon mostly because of the coronavirus and shit like they reckon it was literally that peop- so many more people had had extra time to watch shit sitting at home and that um, it would never have been that popular if it wasn't for the fact that everyone was stuck at home doing shit. I don't know
0: how accurate it that is. I been, like, it might not have been that popular, yeah. but the guy's very... Like, it's, it was a very... Um, it, it had the it had the je ne sais quoi of a viral <laughs> sensation. Like, it really had... It had, like, these fucking eccentric characters, these, like, memeable moments. Um, yeah. It had, like, a good... Point of discussion for like, oh, do you reckon Carol Baskin actually killed her husband? Do you reckon Joe Exotic would have done it? Like all these like debate points that you could have. So it just, ha- I think it just had all the, it ticked all the boxes for something to go really crazily viral. And then also coronavirus hit, so everyone could watch it. So I think it factored it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
1: suppose so. I, um, did you? This isn't a new story I have prepared at the moment, but did you see that Nicolas Cage is going to be playing Joe Exotic in a, I did. In a TV series? I did see shit? that. And That's some a good guy, pick.
0: who's the guy from Just Shoot Me? Uh, Just shoot me. It's the guy that I'm not looking Emperor's it up. I'm roof. asking you to come to my house and shoot me. <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, it's
1: <laughs> the guy that um yeah, who's the guy that <laughs> who's the guy from? <laughs> come up to my room and shoot me yeah, in the yeah. head. <laughs> who's the guy from my
0: doors unlocked and I've left a gun <laughs> under my front doormat? <laughs> yeah, David Spade. I was right. Yeah, Fuck it is. Me. Yeah. Anyway, someone said go. it was someone said it was David Spade busy. Like he should have <laughs> he should have played Joe Exotic. So That's a good pick actually. Way worse yeah, um, story. it is a really good pick. And then he retweeted it being like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> um this is an interesting story related to Robert
1: Pattinson. Yes. Uh I don't, I don't know if this is necessarily news, but I, th- I thought it was interesting. The headline here off a website called The Playlist says uh, Robert eye. Pattinson sought out big budget film roles because no one watched his indie work. Um, <laughs> of course, after he finished with Twilight, he went on to star in, reading straight from the here, he went on to star in The Rover, Maps to the Stars, Good Time, High Life, The Lost titty, City. The, <laughs> the, lost <titty>. lost
0: <laughs> the Lost City. Lost City of Brutal
1: Sea. Uh, films that I think are popular amongst people who appreciate the good shit, uh, but but of course this year he's in Tenet and the he's the new Batman.
0: Oh, I had no idea he was in Tenet. Cool.
1: Yeah, he's in that. He's in the new Christopher Nolan film Tenet. I know what Tenet is. G- <laughs> 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 yeah, and then oh yeah, nah yeah. I was going nah, yeah. to do the same thing with Batman, <laughs> but I couldn't think of anything. Good <laughs> could think of a way to over-explain Batman, yeah, because yeah. it's already called Batman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> um, he, he was in Christopher Nolan's, uh, well, the, the version that Christopher Nolan is not doing. Yeah. I don't know. Fuck this. Cut this it's bit
1: a, People are asking, <laughs> no, 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 that's on you, brother. <laughs> and he was now. Saying, uh, people were asking him, like, oh, so what's with you going to big budget movies, is it uh, like, are, you, are you leaving why are you leaving behind <laughs> why,
0: like all these indie things have gone to big yes, budget yes to millions of dollars <laughs> well he
1: said he wanted them and he said at the beginning of at the beginning of last year the quote from him is here is in this interview with gq i think i started at the beginning of last year with no job and i was calling my agent and just being like i got a whole bunch of great reviews in all these indie movies what the fuck i thought this is yeah. a pretty good year and i'm fucking starting the year like i've just done a pile of trash and then his agent told them his agent told him that people aren't reaching out to him to do this big budget stuff because everyone thinks he doesn't want to do it, and so he's in this weird position where he's doing so many little indie indie movies that he loves that people think he's this
0: indie darling snob
1: for indie movies. And then <laughs> so he wanted uh, to said so he wanted to, and then but then he becomes it's, this guy who's not commercially bankable because he's only doing indie movies, right. and it's this cycle. So he said he had to like actively get out there and try and get into them. Um, to increase his commercial viability or
0: whatever. I can't imagine he would have struggled particularly hard with that. No, nah, I mean... Anyway, I, okay. I, I
1: feel like the last big-budget movie he's, he was in is fucking Twilight, though. And I, no, Water talked talked for Elephants and, was pretty big. Yeah, I suppose so. We saw with friends and stuff, about like seeing a movie with Rob Pattinson. And, um, heaps of people that I've talked about, like Good Time to, for example, are like, oh, the Twilight guy, really? Right. And you have to be like, no, he's great. Yeah. In the same way as like Daniel Radcliffe does weird shit now. And he's
0: ah, Kristen <laughs> and he's Stewart as well. Like she can act. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I would sort of only vaguely summarise that, but I thought it was interesting, just like an insight into like um It's
0: crazy that that is a problem that he had. Like that yeah, that there was the ability for that miscommunication to ever happen at a Hollywood level. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and so he he said, like, uh, the the final quote I've got here, he says that the problem he was finding was, however much I love the movies I was doing, no one sees them. And so it's kind of this frightening thing, because I don't know how viable this is for a career, and I don't know how how many people there are actually in the industry who are willing to back you without any commercial viability whatsoever. Mm. So the more he does, oh, I don't know. It God sucks. God damn,
0: it sucks so much that you can produce this like fantastic art like good time and then be like, yeah. I just don't know if there's a career in this indie darling cinematic <laughs> wonder. <laughs> God, yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. Like anyone below that level is it's just fucking hopeless for them. It's like yeah. you have to be one of the biggest paid, you have to be in a Marvel film or you can't, you have to be in a Marvel film or you have to be an actor that works at a cafe as well. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I I'm
1: picking to be in on a or not picking I don't know, managing to get a role in a Christopher Nolan film and then also um the Batman movie is kind of two exciting picks Though it's not it's not a bit left of field I suppose yeah, yeah. um the last news story I have here is that Hayao Miyazaki's got another big a big movie planned um uh but it doesn't sound like it's going to come out for a little while because they've only made like 30 minutes of it in the last six years and they have a team of six animators. <laughs> 60, 60 animators, sorry. Wow. <laughs> so if they're working 12 months a year, you get 12 minutes of movie. Um, they've been Jesus. working on it for the last three years, so they have like somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes and they're hoping they're going to finish it in the next three years.
0: God damn. Yeah, that is crazy that to is
1: me pretty, how long. Pretty insane. Yeah, it's crazy to me how long animation takes.
0: That's probably the news, bruh. This bastard's eighty years old as well. <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki. You're God. not
1: eighty years old. Oh, you mean Hayao Miyazaki, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Referring to myself all the time this as this bastard. <laughs> <laughs> this bastard this could really bastard go for a bite. Going a bed. <laughs> <laughs> might do that actually. Might. might I do don't that. mind that <laughs> at all. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> oh god Right No that's ex- That's
1: extremely good shit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay uh, Have we'll- you Have you, g- <laughs> you gotten me Beefness or pleasure?
0: Uh I Don't
1: Think so Right Okay No I I don't think I do either So I suppose we're gonna have to Skip beefness or pleasure this week Damn Damn we girl still play the theme <laughs> <laughs> Well, the only thing I did watch was The Castle recently because one of my housemates is um, from America and she'd never seen it. Right, and we were like, "No, this movie's actually good. You got to watch it. it.
0: Uh, how did it um, land?
1: So good, man! It really held up because I hadn't not watched with it for
0: you. Like 10. How did it land with the American? Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she liked it. We needed right. the
1: subtitles on. Apparently, <laughs>
0: <laughs> rules. Fuck yeah. Oh, this, like she wasn't sure. is this going straight to the pool room. <laughs> what the fuck are they saying?
1: <laughs> What's a pool room? <laughs> <laughs> What's a pool
0: room? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, really good. I really liked it. Went, went down a treat. And I, I was worried. A lot of those sort of classic fucking movies, you're worried they're going to seem a bit kitschier. they're not going to have dated well. If like, mm. a mo- I was worried I was going to get like a Monty Python kind of thing from it. Yeah, yeah. But no, really great. If you haven't seen the Castle, an Australian comedy classic honestly still holds up as a
0: brilliant, funny movie. Yeah. I've I've watched it. Seemed uh, seemed pretty good at the time, but that was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Eight or nine uh, years ago I think ago we were now, watched so it at,
1: in, at high school. It would have been yeah. like, yeah, like t- 10 years ago or something. Mm. Good shit. Worth going back in on.
0: And that's, yeah. it. that's all i got. Okay. So it doesn't
1: really count as for of pleasure. So I don't think that counts enough to be
0: able to play the music for this. Um, one, I guess so. the only okay. So I, uh, like I I've I watched anything new, but if we're doing, no, we're not doing it. We're I not watched, doing it. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, <laughs> I've been going back in on True Detective season one. That's uh, such a good as my fucking partner watches it show. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn, it was. Uh, I, I it it inspired me to start because I'm looking at like getting back into acting as well. It inspired me to start um, looking up like mcconaughey's methods for getting into character and shit um yeah that dude's a fucking lunatic nothing super insightful there but he's actually not i just think he um he has this like um hyper empathetic understanding of like being able to just sort of sit in another person's mind and (laughs) kind of like really just like swim in it and um and be in it it was interesting listening to him talk because he talks about like having done a lot of films and how like the nature of TV is just changing over the over as we develop the form, I guess. And right. TV because the, the idea of like a TV show not being like a sitcom format, it's much more like, um, you know, sort of like Breaking Bad style. It has this like arc over however many seasons or however many episodes. And so he said he approached the. He approached the filming of season one of True Detective as a 450 page film script where he had to play basically three characters, which is Rust, <laughs> uh, like Rust at the start, Rust after he goes back undercover, and Rust when he's doing the interview. And he said, like, he started to get really worried because. Um, When he is as the cop before he goes undercover, he said, like, those parts were really, they felt really boring to him. And he was like, no, you got to wait. You got to have faith that it will pay off when people see the other characters, like, see the other versions of Rust come out. And that it will form this beautiful contrast between, like, what he was and what he became and, and then what he is in the future. God, oh. I gotta
1: rewatch this show, man. You get me all excited about It's, it. it's so really fucking, fucking good. good. That's yeah. like golden age of modern television type shit as well, though, cuz that was like the same time as Breaking Bad. It was got...
0: quite a bit later actually. I think it was like 20 well, I like... think it was like 2014. I, I there think... was like a good decade or so, you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. where
1: it was like before Walking Dead got shit and Breaking Bad and True Detective, there's all this like brilliant fucking television. I think Mindhunter like, Thrones... is doing
0: the same thing. Um, I've never
1: really I, watched Mindhunter.
0: It's it's good. You should go in. It it sort of does a similar thing of like these extended character arcs, especially in like a true crime style. Well, not true. Actually, true true crime. Literally, because <laughs> well, they, they in Mindhunter, they actually have characters that are uh, real serial killers. They're just portrayed by actors. Um, yeah. Okay. So like it is, it's it's true crime reenactment with dramatization. Yeah, right. Whereas True Detective is completely fictional, as far as I know. Um, but it's similar, uh, great, wonderful cinematography. So, um, the first season of breaking, the first season of True Detective was, uh, directed at least in part by Carrie Fukunaga, who's doing the newest, uh, James Bond movie. Is there any James Bond movie coming out? Uh... I think it got cancelled I don't know We haven't heard news <laughs> yeah. for ages Which would lead me to believe That it's yeah, been cancelled
1: haven't had a sign alive life For three or four days Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah That's right So
0: assuming it's canned um, And uh, And uh, Mindhunter is uh, The first episode is directed by And then it's produced by David Fincher um, who did Fight Club and a bunch of other really great shit. So it's, I've had it it's with producers.
1: Good. Yeah. I fucking had it. I don't care. I reckon <laughs> if someone says produced by, that just means we couldn't get anyone to do it as good executive, but fucking
0: executive Christopher Nolan by, licked his finger and touched it. Executive produced by is exactly that, but I think that no, a produ- an actual producer depending on who the producer is can have quite a bit to do with it. And like for instance on Mindhunter <clears throat> Fincher set out a bunch of um a bunch of like stylistic guidelines that people who were actually filming it had to kind of adhere to that mirrored his style. So, his, <laughs> yeah, I suppose, even if he isn't operating the camera or being the DP or, or whatever or directing it, yeah, um, it still has his fingerprints over the style of the first season at least. So That's yeah, cool. Maybe um, I'll join it. They're both really good. Uh, I'm watching Mindhunter on DVD because it's, uh, sorry, I'm watching. Uh, True Detective on DVD because it's impossible to find on Blu ray. Um, 720p, man, brother. 720p sucks ass. It's really <laughs> noticeably bad. And also, they well, especially really... you're
1: sitting right next to a really high def monitor. If you watch yes. it in a, on a TV far away, you're never going to notice. Like, but
0: they also fucked the sound quality. It's like really. There's like bad reverb on all the sound. It's quite bizarre. <laughs> Um, how, how much they balls this up so yeah, yeah right. would, um, I'd actually maybe recommend getting a Blu-ray rip of it, <laughs> if, you can, it. if you can get one uh, speaking on, of, on
1: the internet Speaking of Blu-ray rips I actually mm. do have something to talk about so should we just play the music now that'd be good shit
0: <laughs> Yeah, let's, two let's minutes do it. of something All to right. talk about. Actually maybe there is beefness <laughs> or pleasure okay let's go Let's go let's do it Pleasure Business. Pleasure Pleasure business Pleasure. business Pleasure. business Pleasure. business Pleasure. business Pleasure. business
2: Pleasure.
0: business Pleasure. business Pleasure. business Pleasure. business Pleasure. business Pleasure. business Pleasure.
2: business Pleasure. business business Pleasure. business Pleasure. business
1: Alright, All right. so Beef a Pleasure, this of course, the segment we've this been doing for the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something I've talked to you about before, but I can't remember if I've spoken about it on the pod. Right. Fuck, it'd be so good if I have spoken about it. I reckon you pod. probably have. Um Let's do it. Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz are two. American comedians. I think Tom is actually Two Canadian. Two American, fucking
0: whatever. Funny fuckers.
1: Two funny fellas. Uh, uh, Thomas Middleditch is the the lead on that Silicon Valley HBO comedy. Ben Schwartz has been in heaps of like college humor shit, and he's most famously the voice of Sonic. <laughs> the voice
0: of Sonic <laughs> <laughs> the Hedgehog. Uh, uh, Sonic's so a hedgehog now. Um, the most well known voice on our show.
1: And so I was. I don't often watch comedy specials on Netflix because I feel like I don't really like watching. I don't watch a lot Louis of stand CK. up, like because I feel like I feel like it seems weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, No, I feel like it seems weird watching stand up by myself in the dark in my room on a t- on a screen. Like, it feels so sterile. Right, um, but it's I still a good time. Watched... But okay, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Though. I but I watched this. Um, they have a new three. They have three new comedy specials on Netflix that are all about an hour long and they're all completely improvised. Right, and they're so fucking funny, man. They're um. Improv comedy is not normally my thing because I feel like in the stand-up sort of circles that we listen to podcasts of and stuff, they all make fun of improv comedians. Well, they
0: all hate doing it because because I think they think they suck at it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But these dudes are so fucking good. They've been doing improv comedy for like 15 years. Right. So the the vague (laughs) premise is like... um, they interview someone they ask the crowd like, oh, who's going through something stressful at the moment? And someone will be like, Oh, I'm in law school, and they'll be like, Great, that's it. And then they ask, like, who are your friends and what's a funny thing about one of your relations or whatever? Um, and then they, they, they make up like a they make up like a full hour long play about something happening at law school, basically. But they'll invent like fifteen different characters with all the names, and Tom and Ben will each play each other's characters.
0: Jesus Christ. So if
1: so if Ben makes this character that's this really like I don't know like a, a lispy German guy or whatever <laughs> they have to remember that guy's name and he might come back 20 minutes later and Tom will be playing him. It's it's good shit. Half of it's so impressive that they're just remembering remembering everything and remembering everyone's names and they're like constructing a plot for the for the story as they go. Uh, but the fact that they play each other's characters is really is really good and it's Yeah, fuck. I really got into it. I've watched them twice. They're so good. They're
0: so funny, man. Okay. It so sounds it's interesting.
1: Called, it's called Middle Ditch and Schwartz and it's on Netflix and I can heartily recommend it. And I only mention it because it's the <laughs> sort of shit that I would scroll past a million times without ever actually watching it.
0: Mm. what did you say it was called again?
1: Middle Ditch and Schwartz. It's just their names. Why is it called that? <laughs>
0: oh, it's their names. You know
1: they never explained oh, okay. You know they never explained it?
0: <laughs> right. Mm. Uh, very very oh, no, stylistic it. choice.
1: Okay, cool. Cool. Shall we dive into the movie then?
0: Yeah, I thought I would just mention <laughs> so <laughs> beefness or pleasure. <laughs> we were talking about this is more news related, I guess, but I forgot to bring it up. Um so we were talking about the A twenty four auctions uh oh, yeah, a couple shit. of weeks ago. I deliberately I deliberately didn't look at this. Now so we were talking predominantly about the uncut gems one. Now that still has so six, a- six days left to go.
1: A24 is this film studio. They produce lots of artsy movies. Yeah, if you listen regularly, few, you know who A24 is. In the last few weeks, they have been holding a auction of movie props and costumes from their famous movies on their website. Right.
0: It's A24Auctions.com if you want to go check it out. It's an interesting little uh, little read. But So, they have they separate their auctions by which uh, films they relate to, I guess. And they had the, uh, the midsummer auctions closed. So, yeah. there were a bunch of different items that you could get, like the... The May Queen dress that um, uh, Florence Pugh wears at the end, um, the bear like a, like head bear dress mask. that gets worn, yeah. yeah, right, and like the the uh, the flower crown and a bunch of the villagers' vests and the mallet that um, that dude's head gets beaten in by. <laughs> so there's a bunch of different really interesting prices. Um, let's start <laughs> with uh, I want you to guess how much someone paid for the mallet in US now, so dollars. This is, this
1: is this is shit because I'm either gonna go way too high or way too low and it's going I don't
0: know, it's interesting. If you're at an auction and you had like I don't this know money, say what the reserve price money was money to then? throw around. No, I can't remember what the reserve price was. No, I'm never gonna it's this is gonna suck. Like, okay, what, so five? someone paid ten thousand dollars for That's that stupid for that wooden mallet. <laughs> 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 a bunch of the, um, a bunch of the different. This money's like,
1: going to charity, but that's still stupid. Yeah,
0: yeah. A bunch of the different vests and embroidered aprons and stuff went for like around three and a half to five thousand dollars each. Uh, I which know is how much the insane.
1: I want to know how much the doormats from Hereditary went for. Because uh, if you had a, if you, if your name was Charlie, do you get a fancy ass fucking doormat with Charlie on it? That's good shit.
0: I looked those up as well, and I think they went for about to, $6,000 to ten grand each. Oh, yeah, I think Charlie was like 8 grand or something. I I remember thinking like, I mean, that's if you if you have like a lot of money to throw around and your name is Charlie, then that's like affordable, but god, it's not fucking worth it. I
1: literally had to buy a new doormat last weekend and I was upset I had to spend
0: $20. Yeah, Charles was uh 6,500 and Annie was 8,000. Um,
1: Unbelievable that Annie
0: was more than Chuck Gabe's, Gabe's party goggles went for two grand from uh, eighth grade, <laughs> yeah, no, and the, th- the time capsule was like three and a half thou. Okay, so because um, the
1: Uncut Gems auction, they're selling like this. They're selling a race car bed, aren't mm. they? Which yes, is not even a, not, e- not even a prop that I remembered from the movie. That <laughs> must have literally just been. This is like,
0: blown my mind. I th- I think it's at Howie's apartment that Jessica Fox sells or like Julia has to move Fox. out of. Or oh, whatever. So I don't Julia follow Fox her on Instagram. I don't ha- know. Has to leave. But I don't remember either. Um, and so it must not be a particularly prominent thing. Still, current bid is two and a half thousand. So <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at some point, okay. it's just a wait, good wait, deal wait. for a race car bed. Okay, here we go. So the, the bed. there's two items that I think it will be interesting from midsummer. Does
1: that include the mattress and is the mattress new?
0: Uh, great question. Because if, be- if that's I'll, a bed frame and a that. fresh mattress, that's a good fucking deal. Depends on the mattress. Almost. Depends strongly on the mattress. Uh, fall asleep in Benny Ratner's underlit race car bed. Underlit. Underlit. It's got neons. Shit. No, no, that's a, that's a good deal. Doesn't matter. It's worth it. Now, oh, there's a really sick fucking picture. Actually, okay, this bed is this bed is it's great. A, it's I, a picture. Nice. I might. Thanks, brother. I might chuck in I might a quick. Just bid I might on chuck this. in a quick bid. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, can't,
1: we can't just be browsing the internet No,
0: I'm trying to get to this point uh, Okay, so the bear headdress from Midsummer, The one that um, uh, Florence Pugh's boyfriend wears
1: Alright, if the mallet went for 10 grand The, this,
0: this the bear headdress head is Jesus less Christ, Less than half So the Jesus, bear headdress really? went for 4,700 Final bid Yeah, 4,700 US dollars But the May Queen dress now, with those two, you don't have the list price, but with those two prices in mind—the bare head dress going for four thousand seven hundred and the mallet going for ten grand—how much do you think Florence Pugh's giant dress of flowers ended up selling for? Final bid, just throw a number out. What do you reckon?
1: I would, I would assume that it would go for something in the range
0: of eight grand, sixty-five thousand dollars. That's ridiculous. 65- sixty-five. <laughs> Thousand dollars and her like headdress oh, I don't crown. Know. Women's
1: clothing is expensive. Her headdress but, crown yeah, that yeah. went
0: with it, fifteen thousand. That's ridiculous. So these items are going fucking off, right? And the uncut gems one will finish in six days and eight hours. So we'll check in again on those prices. I am fascinated by this shit. Uh, yeah, so so interesting to me. I'm so glad that I. Uh, that I was pointed in the direction of this stuff in your little news segment. All right. Right. So, shall we move on to the beefness? That was it. What? The beefness? No, that was pleasure.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, let's do it. You fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) No, let's do it. All right. Cool. Um, I just I just got a message from my housemates asking me to shut the fuck up. <laughs>
0: oh, did you? Oh, that's so funny. Did you really? No, no, no. No, it was, um, <laughs> she
1: mentioned saying, I'm keen to hear how the recording goes.
0: <laughs> okay, well, anyway, all right. So this week, we're looking at 2014 sci-fi drama mystery, uh, Ex Machina, written and directed yeah. by Alex Garland, the same director as uh, 28 Days Later. As you mentioned earlier, starring Dominal Gleeson, who is uh, that redhead from uh, Star Wars, Alicia Vikander and Oscar <laughs> Isaac.
1: Oscar Isaac? That uh, that other guy from Star Wars. That,
0: that also that other dude from Star Wars. And in actual fact, I remember that um, I was listening to an interview about that and they did... Uh, it was struggled to get around the scheduling issues of star Wars to get both of these guys on set for this film. So it's interesting that it even happened and that it starred them. Um, but yeah. So, okay. Um, did I like this film?
1: Well, you mentioned you wanted to watch this and I assumed that it would be right up your alley. Mm. Uh, I had a memory of watching it. Maybe obviously it wasn't 10 years ago. I thought it was 10 years ago. I watched it probably when it came out. Um, maybe a few months later than that on like fucking Netflix or whatever the fuck was back then. Um, and I suppose I had this memory of it being a pretty like like a highbrow, cool kind of movie, uh, and so I assumed it would be the kind of thing you'd be into. Going back on it now, I honestly feel like maybe it was a bit pretentious. So I'm curious to think, see what you thought, think about it.
0: I I enjoyed it, um, and I found it very compelling for most of its runtime. Um, yeah, right. I will say I'll say two things. One. Um, I think the way that two t- two caveats that affected my enjoyment of it negatively. <clears throat> One, um, the role that the android plays falls into some like really stereotypical pitfalls of like women in film, which is a little bit disappointing. And two, I think it trips and falls on its own dick right at the end of the movie, <laughs> um, and and well, I, it, and it that- really. <laughs> Happy to talk about that, Happy to talk
1: about that later. What is <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. What is this movie for the saying, first part though, right? Uh,
0: so this, the, those uh, two things affected my enjoyment. Right, but you're right. Those are uh, pointless if you haven't seen it. So okay, I guess it starts off with um, the the premise is that Dominal Gleason plays this uh, this this uh, he plays Caleb, um, who's a programmer at a giant company that's obviously a stand-in for Google. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And he's sitting at his desk one day, and uh, he a message pops up on his computer saying he's won the employee lottery. And the prize for this employee lottery that he's won is that he go and gets to spend a week with the company's creator, uh, Nathan Bateman, um, who's played by Oscar Isaac, at his like gorgeous. Uh, escape away from the world home in... Mansion in the middle of nowhere. Wherever the fuck it is. I don't actually know yeah. if they even ever say where it is, but it's I, like... They
1: don't ever say.
0: There's like snow-capped mountains and alpine forests and shit, so it's it's and either... I mentioned
1: it, it before, the, the real place is in Norway, so it's right, this beautiful
0: so it's, Scandinavian wilderness kind exactly. of Exactly, and it feels like... He flies there in a helicopter in America, so I'm guessing it's somewhere in America. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's clearly so far out that, you know, it's away from society. So, anyway... Um, For the most part, it's this low-key
1: drama thriller kind of thing. Like a lot of the movies, very slow, unsettling, dramatic scenes where Dominal Gleeson's character, this employee that goes out to meet his boss, doesn't really know very much about the boss, and the boss is being very mysterious in the way that he's revealing information. I think we can talk d-
0: about um, Ava. I mean, I think like oh no, I
1: wasn't even trying to. I wasn't even right, trying okay. to not spoil that. So, I just, I just meant like
0: it's it, it, the tone of the tone of the movie is yeah right the tone in the first sort of 10 minutes is is you're right it's like very like why am i here what am i doing what's what are, what's our deal cuz the ceo is trying to be like a real um, Oh chill Nathan's trying that to be really a real like bro dude to him. He's like, dude, I'm just here to chill with you, bro. I just want to have fun with you, man. And he's like drinking. Don't worry all the that time I'm your billionaire boss. <laughs> right, exactly. It's 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 actually quite compelling, like, billionaire boss behavior where you just sort of fucking hate him and you just want him to drop the pretense of like being a dude, bro. It's like you're still my fucking boss, so I'm never gonna <laughs> Anyway, so he gets um. He gets Domino Gleason to sign this NDA because he's like, "Bro, I got juicy shit for you, man. I have real juicy shit, but if you don't sign this NDA that says that we can domestically surveil you for the rest of your entire life, then you're not going to be able to <laughs> then you're not going to be able to see what this cool thing that I want to show you is." And he's like, yeah. "I don't know, man. This is pretty uh, this is pretty intensive non-disclosure agreement." And Nathan's like, yeah, it's pretty non uh, It's pretty intensive non-disclosure agreement. But um, <laughs> if you don't sign it, uh, um, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But you will regret it for the rest of your waking days. <laughs> <laughs> so do is this and just like. Okay, it's not a threat though. It. It's
1: like it's like him being it's like, a "I've been working on some pretty sweet projects, and you're going to yeah, be yeah. kicking yourself if you find out what project you missed out on." C. Right? Yes, it's yeah. but yeah,
0: the way that I said it, it could have been a threat. But yeah, no, and it's, it's definitely AI. More like you're going to miss out.
1: It's this AI. Android robot
0: woman. Exactly. Called Ava, played by Alicia Vikander. And the point of the rest of the film, I suppose, is that he, Domino Gleason is there to, to and his name's Caleb, I'm going to try to remember that, Caleb, Caleb, the programmer is there to perform what's called the Turing Test on Ava. And the Turing Test is where a, a robot or an AI will pass the Turing Test if it can talk to a human being for an extended period of time And the human being is not aware that they are talking to an artificial intelligence. So, it's basically a a measure of how well an AI can impersonate a human mind or a human consciousness. And Caleb's... Caleb, obviously, there's this immediate problem where Caleb knows that he's talking to an AI. And so... The, the 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 twist is Nathan says, I don't care about the fact that you know, I care about whether or not that at the end of seven days, you know that she's a robot and you still feel like she has a consciousness and is talking yeah. to you genuinely and, and feels emotion and is aware of herself and that type of thing. And so the 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 rest of the runtime sort of focuses a lot on the time that they spend together. Um, and there are and big title
1: cards. There's like every day she talks to her. I think there's seven
0: acts or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's like they're called sessions because they're interview right. sessions. He has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, yeah. the the movie is literally it's split up for the most part into like showing you his day's interview and then the nighttime debrief with old mate and then the next day's interview and then the nighttime debrief and then it just goes through like that.
0: Which doesn't feel nearly as kind of tedious as it sounds. I didn't really notice that it was. You're right. It it almost exactly follows that pattern, but it doesn't. F- they're so brief that it doesn't feel like it's stopping to be like, we're ticking the box of like interview for this day and then debrief for this day. It's just quite natural.
1: I suppose it's really, I I, I like the suspense and the intrigue of the way it was because I think for the most part, Caleb for the most of the film is the one that knows the least about what the fuck's going on. Like the robot has at least been there for ages and has has been talking to... um, Nathan. the billionaire nathan guy for ages because he created her right and the billionaire guy knows what's going on and he even like restricts access to parts of the house from caleb yeah so, um, caleb, so caleb gets this
0: key card and nathan's like you can go caleb's like nathan's talking to him he's like i know you don't want to like socially faux pas in front of me because i'm aware of our relationship and so i'm giving you this key card and it deals away with all the awkwardness because the bottom line is if you can go into a room with this key card it's yours you can play around as much as you want if you can't get into yeah. a room with a key card you can't go there so you don't need to worry you don't need to ask me just try it it's like a an interesting way of being like of doing away with this can i do this question that would come up um yeah, yeah i liked that bit
1: yeah it was cool and there's, there's a lot of cool like the house is amazing like just the, the, i just think the, the <laughs> i think the narrative
0: the narrative devices that they use in this film are yeah. quite, quite clever yeah
1: but yeah You you were saying it doesn't say it's not. You're saying the movie sounds boring because if you say what's the what is this movie, you go, oh, it's this guy who talks to a robot, and that's all that happens in the whole movie. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't feel very boring while you're watching it because of the way they set up um, how the little discoveries that Caleb makes along the way as he sort of tries to work out this mystery that's happening. The uh, Oscar Isaac's character watches him through. TV and audio surveillance while he's having the interviews because Oscar Which is, Isaac I is think like.
0: I think he's aware of.
1: Yeah, well, he's like, it's like right. part of his re- he wants to watch the conversations. yeah. Happening. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but then there are these regular power failures, and every time there's a power failure, the Oscar Isaac's billionaire character loses his audio and camera feed, and the robot and Caleb are able to have little 10, 15 second conversations that aren't monitored. Right, And those are really cool because the robot will say something fucking crazy and then the lights will come back on and then they pretend it doesn't happen and then Caleb has to like stew in that information for a whole day. And so the way they sort of- The first time it happens, she she
0: says something like, you can't trust Nathan. And he's like, what? And then the lights come back up and it's like, (laughs) okay, what the fuck was that? Like she completely, it's not just, it's also done through her performance where she completely changes her, um, like her physiology and like the way that she actually- uh, presents herself. She's she, she immediately a, like
1: she picks up like a fake conversation mid mid sentence as if she had been talking the whole way through the power. Right. It's it's <laughs> it's
0: very well done. Um, yeah. And that that's those are the parts that are really compelling. It's like okay, what it's it's you in Nathan's mind being like sorry in uh, in Caleb's mind being like what's what's going on here? What's being Kept from me, and then the thing that I thought was strongest about the film moving forward is the sense of paranoia that it gives you of like what is what what is the actual test here? And I'm not, mm. and, and this isn't a spoiler because it's not. Um, Shit it's, doesn't really make sense when you
1: even uh, start watching it, the movie. Exactly. Anyway. So, so it's, I'm, yeah.
0: I'm not I'm not talking about this as in like oh this is a spoiler for what happens later. But it the thing that the thing that's really great is the paranoia that it shows with like what is the actual test that's being done am I being tested? How is it playing with this idea of like, who is human and who is not, and what is to be human and what is to not be human? And, um, and I suppose what it does to Caleb over the course of this thing to interact with this incredibly realistic human, uh, human emulation. Um, and like Caleb's not a fucking, you know, well, yeah, anyway. Um, I thought that was like the strongest part of the movie was, was just this idea of like, and it was somewhere that I really felt myself wanting it to go early on was like, God, he's going to, if I were in his position, I'd be like, shit, am I, am I an AI? Like am I a consciousness? And it kind of explores that further forward, which I really thought was clever. Yeah. Like
1: a lot of the ideas in the movie are cool ideas. Right. Like, um, just like, yeah, like, like the way the power cuts and the robot immediately says something crazy. I thought, like, oh, that's an awesome idea. And like the key pass thing, lots of little moments, even just props and set dressing things and like um, elements of the way that, that the characters all interact are really cool ideas. Mm. But I didn't really find, and I don't know about you, but I didn't really find the conversations and the dialogue they were actually having that compelling
0: no i think they were fine i think it was like i think it could have been <laughs> i think um it's funny what you say about the film being pretentious with a second watch um yeah i think alex garland is actually a dumb guy <laughs> I think, well here's, as, the, here's the problem i, I have, think he I thinks like he's pretty <laughs> smart and uh, like this is a good movie it's it's definitely not a bad <laughs> movie but i think it's less smart than it thinks it is and yeah. uh and I think that comes across in the dialogue and the way that um, the characters... And the, not just the way that the characters express themselves because the performance is good, but the where it stops uh, examining the ideas. I think if you want a better example of like, what it means to be you know, human versus creator and creator and creation and that dynamic, like Blade Runner is a better example of that exploration. Yeah. And so this film being like, um, can I love... It was just a little <laughs> bit like this is not the first time anyone's asked these questions uh, in this in this way yeah. before. But um, also some of the so no, some of the know.
1: conversations, also some of the conversations that they have are just so stupid. Like um, the, the programmer Caleb will be sort of waxing lyrical about his philosophy and thoughts on this AI, and he'll drop some literature quote that'll be like a quote from I don't know. It doesn't matter. He'll, he'll drop like a Dawkins quote, for example. Right. Um, and then um Oscar Isaac will be like oh that's a really interesting quote that's really cool uh yeah, did you come up with that and Caleb will be like no nah, bro that's richard dawkins and he's like no i know i was just pretending not to know yeah yeah <laughs> well like, later on it's used as a, a weird interaction. it's used
0: as a device later on where i think that was meant to show the um, you thought you were—you thought he was dumb, and you thought he was getting the best of you. But actually, he knew who those literary references were. But it's like it's like Moby Dick. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's not a particularly niche literary reference. Yeah. <laughs> like, fine, <laughs> you can use it as a plot device that he knew more than he was letting on. But yeah. that's not a great example of him knowing more than he was letting on because it's like, yeah, <laughs> knowing a quote from Blade Runner or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought. I thought that the dialogue. Could me, have been... I don't listen
1: to music. I spend too much time saying hey to my pal Jude to listen to music. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, so I thought it was fine and it serviced the plot well enough. It didn't really ever like break me out of it. I can imagine on a second rewatch, it might have been infuriating because like the first time you're hearing it, it's fine. The second yeah. time you're hearing it, I imagine it would be tedious. Well, this might be like um, a,
1: a personal <laughs> insecurity I have, but I know like I don't know much about politics really, and I don't really find it very (laughs) interesting. actually, yeah. I don't really find it very interesting to talk about at all. And so, as this cycle, I don't read much about politics, so I don't know much about politics. And so, when people talk about politics at parties... You tune out. Part of me's like, ah, shut up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And half of it is, half of it is like, oh, I don't understand this anyway, so fuck this. And so, when this movie starts to get, like, a bit A bit too pretentious for its own good. I don't know whether it's me being like, "Oh, I don't understand this, so shut up," or whether it's them deliberately trying to talk about programming and shit that you don't get, and it's you're supposed to be like, "Wow, these guys are amazing." Or I just don't think it was very interesting. Like, I sort of got what it was getting at in a way where, quite
0: quickly, yeah,
1: Yeah. in in a way where like where, but they, they could ask like, "No, but it's asking like, can the machines really feel?" And you're like. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. like maybe not. What's the difference? Right, I guess. Or like, uh, who is being tested? It's I don't like, think. If you think about it, actually, he
1: was being. Like,
0: yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't good. think the questions get answered so much as the fact that in this film, one of the problems is that they don't get asked in a particularly interesting way, because huh. the implications of the answers to the question have very little impact on the actual storyline. It's like the implications of whether or not Ava can actually feel emotion are sort of cast into the wind. Um, And the, the, the film really roots itself in the question of whether or not she can feel emotion. And it does that through the lens of Caleb's experience of her, which is like, basically, am I being manipulated Am I the subject of an emotional manipulation? And like, what is it to me that she can illustrate? She can use this emotional lexicon to communicate with me or manipulate me into doing what she wants. Well, and let's, is, let's give that a spoiler that warning. Genuine, yeah,
1: let's right. Let's I guess that's not really a spoiler, then, and and but can... we'll,
0: let's get into it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Let's yeah. get let's get into it. And if so, if you, you want to see the movie, then tune out now because we're going to spoil the ending.
0: Um, it's, it's it's worth your time, but. Um, Yeah, with caveats, and so are a lot of other films.
1: Well, you can skip past the spoiler. Whatever. Here we go. So we're talking about um, uh, her being manipulative, and I think that was one of the most interesting things. First off, when that so you find out that Ava can trigger the power cuts deliberately, she's been the one that's causing them. So anytime she wants to have a private conversation with. Caleb's doing the test. She can deliberately trigger a power cut, and which like didn't make any fucking
0: shit. sense to me because I was like, oh "God, she was like, just why, like was she, why was my battery charged by induction?" Caleb's and I was there? like, "What the fuck? You just were you walking around on like induction plates all the time?" I don't know. The no, te- she had her
1: hand that on the side of the cube she was sitting on. There was this like pulsating thing, yeah. and she had her hand on it, and whatever it doesn't matter. I yeah. could, I feel like there's a certain amount of sci-fi stuff where it's like yeah well we we would, just if this existed it. we would have this you right. just have to ignore it totally. Um, the manipulation stuff. So the very first time there's a very the first power cut, um, and Ava basically just has time to say like don't trust Nathan he's he's he'll, he's lying don't trust him, right. um, and then the power comes back on. My first thought was well what if he's not lying and she's lying?
0: Yeah, that's the, that that yeah. exactly that feeds into that really compelling budding sense of paranoia because you're not sure at any point in the film you're like is is she telling the truth is Nathan telling the truth is Caleb an AI is he being tested how it, it, like i assumed from very early on i was like bro a, a robot like this would have like wireless monitoring capability like even if it blacks out he's watching caleb through ava's eyes obviously like this has you don't invent a fucking robot like this and not give it wi-fi i think you know there's too
1: many holes in the story to do that as well yeah because right. i th- like the first the first thing i thought when um they start to- ava starts talking about like trying to get out or like wanting to escape or wanting to be out in the world and i was like you charge with these ass induction plates what do you that was another thing I s- thought Right Slap was copper like, on your ass And sit on the stove Every time you need to charge that's And that's fun. what I'm
0: talking about She's like going to drop door to door Knocking you. Like, Do you have <laughs> copper pans? <laughs> what if she just What if she just pulls down her pants At some point And there's just two big <laughs> Copper plates Instead of an Instead of a butt <laughs>
1: Oh fuck That's good <laughs> uh, just um, when I thought Alicia Vicanda could <laughs> She's like she goes and sits down in honor. front
0: of uh, in front of traffic lights to try and like charge by the induction <laughs> sensors, and it doesn't doesn't work. <laughs> she just oh, passes God. out. Um Right. <laughs> you yeah.
1: thought your phone charges wirelessly slowly. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> when are they gonna give this thing a fast charger? Eh?
1: <laughs> Drag out from two hundred volts through your ass. <laughs>
0: They charge twice as fast in Australia because it's two forty instead of one (laughs) twenty. Oh god! Uh, Credit to you who told me that fact this week. There you go. I got to start researching more facts. Um, Oh god! Right. So she. I think that I. I think if I had to. If I had to say my favorite thing about this movie, it's it's what you just highlighted, which is this the idea of like. The, he's never sure when he's being, <clears throat> when he's being surveilled, when he's being monitored. What, what's part of the test and what isn't, um, yeah. and whether or not these blackouts. Like I wasn't. I would have been equally. This film suffered a little bit from like the not clear Chekhov's gun or like too many red herrings. Um, where at the end of it, if the ending had been, oh, I was monitoring you through the blackouts the whole time, I would have been. It, it would have been like, okay, yep, sure. I guess he, that makes sense. It's a kind of a shitty twist, but okay. It
1: Kind of was though.
0: And like then at the end, right? He's sort of like, I was, but only once <laughs> because I have a GoPro. Like, yeah, it's a. I, I think it was a silly, a silly way to utilize that dynamic. I think
1: it's like this dude. You're right, though. It, it, and they needed like to set it. I think they point.
0: needed to set her up as having no ability, like. They needed to cut off my paranoia about her being able to betray him by being an ally to Nathan. Like I really think they needed to pit her against Nathan more in my head so that when the opportunity came for him to break her out... I wasn't worried that she was acting as an agent for Nathan. I was only worried about whether or not she was acting in her self-interest or if she actually loved Caleb. And at all points in the film, I was worried about whether or not she was going to turn around and be like, actually, I I always... Nathan designed me. I'm his his prodigy. I'm his... He's my god. And I was never going to betray him. And you're a full mortal human to act in your own selfish... You're Adam. And... Uh, you're also Eve because you took a bite of the <laughs> apple and stuff like that. You know, maybe because I just watched Mother. Yeah. But, um,
1: oh, yeah. You you're watching Mother yeah. had reminded me like they're in, they're in this house in the middle of this huge green expanse it's, it's and her name is parallels. Ava. You're like, oh, well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, it's got a lot of religious iconography. Oh, yeah. look and at then, me.
1: And then, <laughs> and then Caleb's like, you're kind of like God. In the movie, he literally says that. Like, yeah. oh, you'd God. be
0: God. Like, oh, fuck. get out of here, Donald Gleeson. This is the
1: Bible. You'd be God. sick of this. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I don't
0: know. I I didn't <sighs> it it didn't trip over its own dick on that stuff enough to not be enjoyable, but I think I think you're right. I think it uh it didn't quite do as good a job of that as it could, and I I really stand by this. I didn't think about it as much at the time as I am now, but Blade Runner 2049 and the original Blade Runner I guess to an extent as well. I think do a much better job of exploring the philosophical ideas explored in this than this film actually does, and the idea of—I um, don't
1: really think that they do explore those ideas that much. I feel like Blade Runner, they talk about it, but they're not really like discussing it. Like even just like the Oh, it's Deckard a replicant shit doesn't really.
0: No, but things ha- like um, Pris, uh, in the, in the, the first movie. Blade Runner, Pris, the idea of like a pleasure model. Um, and like, she uses her sexuality to manipulate people, to kind of like give her, to, to let her, um, l- lead a, lead a more human life and like, you know, leave her alone basically. Um, yeah, I suppose so. and like the, the woman with the snake who does the exotic dancing in the first Blade Runner, like, I, I think there are parallels there if, if, if not a lot else, which I think there are, but, um. If nothing else, then in the way that this film uses the femme fatale um, trope, yeah, uh, in in not a particularly elegant way, uh, in in kind yeah. of a ham-fisted way, especially I- at the at the ending of the film, where um, she escapes, uh, Domino Gleason is trapped, and it 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 becomes this it it, it kind of like distills it right down to the singular question of like. Did she actually love him, or did she never give a shit about him? She's a robot, and she was only ever acting in her own self interests. And it's like, oh no, it's the second one. And also, uh, what are her self interests? Um, she just wants to go and look at people. She just wants to be she in the wide to, world. She just wants didn't... to stand at a traffic intersection. I no, would she, much... she
1: kept walking. Like, I, I don't really mind. I, don't I, I, don't I really would have much
0: rather if she just wandered off I think again like I I like the romantic ideology of like her wanting to explore the world and not being so obsessed with human beings and I would have loved if she just like ignored the helicopter and kept walking and like explored this beautiful like natural world around her when she'd been cooped up inside this artificial man-made facility for so long
1: I don't think you're supposed to overanalyze the end of that scene, overanalyze the end of the movie so much. Like, you're not supposed to, like, because the movie shows her, like, getting getting in the helicopter that was supposed to pick up Caleb and flying away, and then it shows her walking through a busy intersection like she said she wanted to do and watch people. I feel like it's like, well, yeah, it's just showing that because that's what she wanted, and that might be the first thing she does, but she's going to go off and see the rest of the world and whatever, like...
0: But then, yeah. yeah, I think you're right about the induction play problem. Like, she's never going to fucking find something that yeah, exactly. can charge her and as that's... well. So, the whole time I was kind of like, you, you've you got, like, this very limited life. I think it would have been much more poetic if she had understood that she would never be able to exist in the human world as it currently stands and had yeah. used her last moments to go and, like, I don't know, sit on the edge of a fucking waterfall and die or something. But then it would have exactly been Blade Runner. She would have just been <laughs> Roy, Roy Batty, I literally, like, where yeah. he, like, killed his creator <laughs> So, yeah. spoiler for Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> I
1: feel like in a movie like this, it's very easy to get bogged down in the technology of it all. But when, mm. which you can, I, in some movies, I'm happy to be like, yeah, don't worry, I don't want to think about it. But when this movie is literally just an hour and a half of talking about the technology, That's
0: most of what the film is. When yeah.
1: when a key plot point is like, oh, he can't hear when the power is cut. And he's this genius dude who says the power cuts here all the time. And he knows, like, I just don't accept that he wouldn't have thought of that and wouldn't have had the battery-powered camera that he puts in there later there from day dot
0: yeah he and, would he, wouldn't like, and know, then, like, he wouldn't have been like i don't know he wouldn't have been like observing her subroutines and saw that like every time she had this particular subroutine come up some power cut cut out or uh, some shit yeah i, I don't know I, I i'm think happy just be paranoid enough that you were like right this is a flawless system like this thing is causing this or whatever yeah, I mean, that's I the
1: construction g- guy in me where i'm like yeah this is, someone installed it fucked yeah
0: i agree yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah yeah probably happened bro um yeah. Mate, uh, call the fucking Sparky. Oh yeah, and then so then, but then like from like a meta point of view in the movie, um, if the writer wants Ava to go out into the world, and the idea is like now she is, she may as well be a person, and she looks like everyone else, and she might she be anywhere kind of thing. Just say somewhere like oh, and she's solar powered too. And that's that's all, you know. Yeah, like, totally.
0: Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Why yeah. not
1: why not just have a little throwaway line like that to just solve that problem and stop just us just asking questions? Because like yeah. the whole time it literally broke me out of the movie where she was like, Oh, we're gonna get you out of here. I'm like, I'm gonna charge
0: you. It made t- no. me too. I I had the yeah. same I, I had the same thought. Yeah. Especially
1: yeah. since it's a key plot point that she's like, This is how I charge my batteries.
0: And yeah, right, to <laughs> trigger the to trigger the blackouts. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay, so there's a couple of other points to touch on, I suppose, which we've been like maybe other stronger points of the film, which are things like yeah. the um, the art direction, um, the the house itself, uh, and the way that Ava looks. Um, I think it was pati- I think that might be one of the strongest parts of the film. Um, yeah, it's spectacular
1: she, for a movie that looks like it's filmed on a budget of like <laughs> like twenty bucks.
0: Like yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. We got yeah. two dudes in
1: a hotel room. It looks the- quite good. The AI looks spectacular. The, the the robot looks spectacular.
0: I thought, um, I thought, yeah, her the way that she is presented is quite, like, I don't know, quite fascinating. You spend quite a bit of time looking at her face. There were a few moments where I was like, nah, the CGI looks a bit shit. Or maybe I just didn't really <laughs> like the design of her. Um, and, like, when she puts the wig on and becomes, like, fully human, I was like, okay, now now you look a bit more like a human being to me. But um. I, I thought that was thought
1: that was so. I was kind of upset that it was just obviously her hair.
0: Like mm. I know I did. Yeah, I thought like the where there's a shot of the when, there's a, when, there's a,
1: <laughs> when there's a shot of all these wigs she can choose from, and she's totally like bald with a plastic head. Yeah. And the next scene is like her walking out with short hair. I'm like, well, that's just uh, at least just her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah why I, would it felt uh, too good? Yeah.
0: Right. Hey, it should have. Yeah, it should have. Like, and like her clothes looked shit. Her clothes were like weird. Um, I didn't mind out that. of touch things. Well, they didn't really look like a normal, like in fashion, even like fast fashion type outfit. And this is a billionaire's house. Like, I think they either should have had some significance, like a wedding dress or something creepy like that. Um, or, uh, I think or that they looked more uh, fitting. I think and the sh- in I think the shabby clothes
1: had. was supposed to have. It's, it was supposed to be like. Um, show that he doesn't really care how she's kept like he's he keeps her in this room the whole time okay yeah she's got some shitty old dress and he rips up her drawings and like he, he doesn't he,
0: he's he, he, she's just there as a research project what did you think of uh kyoko the in-house attendant robot <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know i, 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 thought that I picked was...
0: it like almost straight away i was like yeah He's so, he's so, he's such a fucking shut-in and would just trust that these people, that this person doesn't speak English. Like, they're going to be able to tell the tone of things. Um, Yeah, no, I don't know. I didn't... Yeah. I was immediately like, oh, that's a fucking AI.
1: And I thought that scene where they start dancing was kind of wild. It was kind of cool,
0: but at the same time, I... I don't know. did you like it that it broke me it broke me out a little bit no i it, <laughs> it went on for too long i think it should have focused more it, it like really the camera like focused in on Oscar Isaac and Sonia Mizuno like dancing and and uh, like held on it for ages and i i think it should have <laughs> just focused on like Caleb's reaction to that being like this dude is fucking unhinged
1: yeah, that, i think that was supposed to be like he's he's completely like broken from what's normal it, it was and- but
0: i care more about I can that wasn't he's just dancing who cares I care more about Caleb's response to the fact that he's such a weirdo than I do to what he's doing Yeah if he was like oh I stab birds in my spare time and she <laughs> helps me she holds them and I stab them and then like you see the footage of like him stabbing a bird it's like okay that's creepy and interesting I don't think I need to see Domnall's reaction to that yeah. Caleb's Caleb's reaction to that, but <laughs> it was such a normal human thing that was just kind of lame that I was like, oh, I, yeah, I kind of care more about what he thinks than... Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Storyline-wise, meh, meh. I think the coolest thing here was the, the, the,
1: the sci-fi ideas and the, the interactions between the characters, but I think the storyline itself... Uh, here's another thing. When it turns out at the end that... I think we should probably wrap up soon, but w- when yeah. it turns out at the end that... Um, Oh, actually, what Oscar Isaac was testing was whether she would try and escape. Um, right. I felt kind of cheated because so much of the movie had been discussion about like AI and the emotions and stuff. And when it was when he was like, nah, it's whether she can use her emotions to do some Crazy Ocean's Eleven shit. And then the ending <laughs> of the movie is like a stabbing and she runs away. I, thought, like, I well, think
0: that's what I... Yeah, that's kind of what I mean about tripping over its own dick, right? I just don't think it needed the last like 10 minutes maybe. Maybe yeah, immediately so. after she killed him, it could have ended. Um, or maybe it
1: just felt kind of tonally out of place. That yeah, um, that It sort of turns into like a, it's like two minutes of action movie. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what my problem with it was. I just I just felt like it was the conclusion the film drew wasn't really worth all the. The, the, the movie is like an hour and a half of discussion. I, I truly and I feel think like it's the- not
0: worth it for that. I tr- I truly think the best part of it is that that paranoia and the, f- the, f- the 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 how you watch Caleb start to doubt his own existence and like start to ask really like fundamental questions of like how do I know I'm real and like he cuts himself and bleeds and I think that's a pretty that for me that was like the high point of the the film was when <laughs> he he like cuts into yeah, his own cool. wrist with a razor and he sees his own blood and he's like okay I guess that kind of does it then but it was at the same time it didn't treat it didn't even let that moment be because it had to be an opportunity for nathan to be spying on him and it was and then it comes up later and he's like you're fucking losing your mind bro and it's like ah oh, can that not have just been like a personal moment of introspection of like am i yeah. real or not and, and like, it doesn't really it's the peak of his paranoia no it doesn't ever again it's and he's he doesn't like have to cover it up or hide it or anything I thought and that was like criminally underutilized and I feel I also like feel like you
1: didn't see much of him lo- getting to that point
0: either. No, you no you don't. And I think that was the most interesting thing in the film. And I think it was uh for for maybe 40 minutes it was me feeling that and then for maybe 10 minutes it was me being like cool watching Caleb feel that. And then yeah. either <laughs> end of those two things was just like uh elegantly getting there and clumsily handling the answer um and so like i enjoyed this film it was pretty good um but as i said i think there have been much better examples of it and like yeah i'm glad i've seen it but i wouldn't watch it again um it wasn't like perfectly my shit um uh, i think maybe if it had come out like this year it might have been a little more elegant I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Who who knows? It was also nominated for like a BAFTA for best film. So, like, yeah, it did BAFTA. well. It it did well at the time. Yeah, that's right. A BAFTA. Give us um, a fuck about the BAFTA. Uh, Vikander won her like Golden Globes and BAFTA awards. So like, it it was well received at the time. Um, she's, yeah. she's pretty good in it, I'd say as well. They're she was good in she it. was quite good. Dominal Gleeson, I actually. I actually don't know about either of the male leads in this film. No, Oscar Isaac's uh, brilliant. Ah.
1: I really like him as an actor. He's 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 got a bit of versatility to. I think to
0: him, he's I good, but I think this was one of his weaker performances. I felt like every a couple of times he would just add like this dude or whatever to it and it just kind of like didn't really sit very well because I felt like he was putting it on so much. And I like the idea of the uh CEO trying to act like some relatable person by being like dude a bro and drinking a lot then I liked his actual performance of that character. Yeah right. Um but yeah, yeah I mean he I think he did a decent job nevertheless. It almost like, seems uh, like you're and saying
1: yeah. he's, he's, and he's trying, trying to sell, too hard. He's trying to he's trying to sell it doesn't really sell it. Yep. And you're saying but but that's like the whole point. He's yes. this billionaire guy who's trying to act like a bro and not really selling it.
0: Right, I think he's operating on the first level of not really selling it, but he's not selling me on not selling it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, the, maybe that's me being like really fucking pretentious, and maybe it just would have been like if it was someone else in the role, then I would have bought it completely. But you know, yeah, I just didn't quite. It just broke me out of it a little bit sometimes, but often uh, it it worked really well, and I thought he was doing yeah, a right. good job. So if if um I'm I'm glad that you felt like he. He really kind of like embodied it. Yeah, yeah, pretty good, pretty interesting performance. Um, I didn't didn't hear anything else
1: about this. I thought some of the music was kind of cool, but like no more special than attention to it. Oh, it's no more special than it is in any other suspense movie where it's like, oh, the 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 synth drones make you feel like there's a mystery. I couldn't (laughs) even have told
0: you if the soundtrack for this film was. Oh, it was distributed by Air Twenty Four. Fuck off. Yeah, um, and uh, and it's I like, couldn't have even told you If the soundtrack to this Was more like string based music Or like synth based music Like it really was not memorable
1: There was some synth stuff There was some diegetic stuff Where old mate just has like Loud classical music playing In the morning when he's walking through the
0: house Oh right um, Didn't even remember that No yeah. I don't know I'd- Okay
1: I sort of felt like this movie was going to be just fine going into it, and I came out of it thinking, "Yeah, it was just that was just fine." It had a couple great scenes. I feel like the way I feel about this movie is the way I feel about an album that
0: has like three or four bangers on it. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, yeah,
1: where you're like, "Oh, well, yeah, you should listen to the album because it's got these four fucking great tracks." But like, I'm not saying the whole album's great. But don't just skip the. But you can't skip to those tracks because then it won't
0: sound (laughs) as good. Right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I think that's a really good way to describe it. There's a few like, like a key cut... key plot beats that it really nails. In between yeah. that, it's a little subpar. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, uh, I think that this movie you could compare it in, if you wanted to watch this movie a bit better. I think Her is an interesting example of a movie that uh, deals with AI in a way that integrates it more into the story, which I suppose is what you're getting at with Blade Runner, where this movie literally feels like someone just read a book about AI and just put everything in a. Cl- there's so much dialogue in this movie. Like, yeah, bro, yeah. I get it. It it's feels like Alex, Alex like...
0: didn't didn't read all of the other yeah. films <laughs> or never saw another film about AI <laughs> before that's he wrote but, this yeah. movie. Yeah. I think
1: maybe it's more interesting when the thoughts about AI are woven into a story and it's said in a more subtle way. Yeah, in a way that's less beating you over the head with it. Yeah, which I feel like is something I say a lot about movies that sort of beat you over the head with shit. And you're like, yeah, just integrate it into a story and I'll, I'll be happier with it. I, I agree I with think, this one. I think her. Does it better? You're right. The Blade Runner movies is a better example of it. I still think this is cool. And in terms of like cool small scale sci-fi films, like Prospect is another one that I was reminded of. Okay. Um, it's worth watching.
0: Yeah. So yeah. It's it's definitely worth watching. I mean it was like a six out of 10 maybe like a maybe like a s maybe like a six and a half. Um it, uh, yeah, and and probably when it came out, I would have like rated it more highly, um, <laughs> but I just feel like it it will it will not uh, not have aged particularly well. So yeah, better than as a, as as we talked about, like I think Blade Runner and her. I don't really have a great example of like a worse than. Um, well, I think this is worse than Blade Runner and her, but I can't think of what's better than. Yes, That yeah, segment, right, brother? <laughs> sorry. Uh, we should call it worse than better than Instead of better than worse than um, I think yeah, the better so, thans are often hard Because I think I've
1: gotten good at avoiding movies That I know are going to be shit
0: <laughs> That's true Yeah, I'm trying to think of like robot Like bad robot films or something it's yeah, like better than iRobot Better than Um <laughs>
1: Fuck, this is worse than iRobot.
0: I almost think it is. Like, I (laughs) almost think it does... I I think it probably does... I think I certainly enjoyed it at the moment that I watched each of those, respectively, less. It's got that obvious product placement. I also think it does a worse job of... Like the philosophical questions surrounding artificial intelligence, and I think the idea of like the 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 hive mind um, utilitarian principle that's at the core of iRobot is like much more interesting than what goes on in this. Of like, right. Can or does the robot actually want to fuck you, or is she just faking? People think, have talked.
1: People have talked yeah. about maybe how this is kind of like a lost Black Mirror episode in tone. Maybe this is better than a shitty Black Mirror episode.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that, that, Yeah. I think that's pretty good. There's um there's a bunch of the more recent Black Mirror episodes that this uh, knocks out of the park.
1: Great. No. There you go. Better than a shitty Black Mirror episode. <laughs> Worse than her and Blade, Blade Runner and iRobot. <laughs> yeah, I'll stand by that. <laughs> that's how it's, eh? And that's the episode for the week. Yep. Thanks for joining us for another week. You can email us or join our Facebook discussion group. Uh, both of those links are in the description of this episode, along get in the with groups. statistically thirty
0: percent of you are unemployed now. So let's <laughs> let's hear what you've been watching. <laughs> you clearly
1: got time on your hands. Yeah, I want to hear. Uh, we would love to hear what you've been watching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, also in the description of this episode, as always, are uh, skipping links for the, the sp- skipping spoilers and shit, and what we're going to be watching next week. Which neither of us know yet No, we do not
0: know So that's an (laughs) off-air conversation
1: (laughs) Thank you for joining us for another week I'm
0: Oscar I am Andrew See you later (laughs) I almost hung up on you instead of stopping the recording (laughs)